Jesus was human. He felt pain. He felt anguish. He felt all the emotions of any one of us. It was a connection with God that lifted him from this human condition. Now, Gethsemane was Jesus charging up on that connection with God for the time he knew he'd be separated from him. Days between the crucifixion and the resurrection. Between the agony of separation and the joy of reunion. But in between the two, that nebulous condition of existence, he knew faith and the Holy Spirit would carry him through. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. So we got the host back again for the last show on this wrap-up of the book of Luke. I would ask you to introduce yourselves, even though we kind of know everybody, just in case this is the first show that people are tuning into. And tell me your favorite place to be in the summer. Uh, let's start with Phil. Uh, my name is Phil Riley, and I would say that I'd rather be, or my favorite place would be Costa Rica, because I feel like Costa Rica is the place to be pretty much any time of year. I've never been. Nice? It's very nice. Uh, it's very lush, and um, the people are very nice. The the, the locations, the beaches, are you the from jungle. Costa Rica? I, no, he no? worked not from oh, okay. Costa Rica. <laughs> I work for their tourism board. There we go. <laughs> and next on. Uh, my name is Kathy Briton, and I think a baseball park. For all of summer? All of summer. Spring or? And spring. Okay. Spring summer. I and that's love why we baseball. have you on the show. It's just <laughs> unique. <laughs> and the next. Uh, I'm Michael Martell, and the best place for me in the spring is somewhere in the park. You know, frisbee, uh, little football, picnic. That's the best place for me in the spring. And the summer? Where would you go in the summer? He did ask summer. <laughs> well, <laughs> then for the summer, also in the park. <laughs> Probably a beach Underneath somewhere. the tree in the park. This is going to be a good study. It but will be. If you could then read scripture and pray for us, please. Sure, I think I could do that. Okay. okay. Um, we're reading Luke 24, verse 7. And it says, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Okay. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come and discuss this lesson and to talk about the crucifixion and the rising of your, of your son. Lord, we ask that you will help us to understand and for our minds to be open and for our discussion to be meaningful. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Luke 24, we go into, from Luke 22 and, and to the end, we see Jesus in Gethsemane. He's praying. He's in anguish. Uh, what is it about Gethsemane that gets you? Not playing with a word, but what about Gethsemane that, that strikes you? <laughs> I like, personally, I like that, um, that the, the story of how sin started was in a garden. And Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden, and they ultimately failed, as we know. And here I like that this, this temptation happens in the garden. And just like in the Garden of Eden, um, Jesus is tempted to kind of think of himself. And he's, he's tempted to kind of push aside God's will in the way that God wants it and to choose what would be easiest for him. And I feel like here in Gethsemane, Jesus does what Adam and Eve couldn't do. Mm. And he chooses correctly. Like he, he puts his self aside, or himself, however that would be said, um, and he chooses for the sake of humanity mm -hmm. instead of choosing for himself. I, you know... Um, 
I should have said this in the first show. My dad wrote the quarterly for, I mean, the stud Bible study guides. And when he was, when the part where he talked about the, the two gardens, the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Gethsemane, all my life I'd never made that connection. And then when I read this, and then when you bring this up, I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? And he goes, well, that's not a reason. But, you know, the whole, that connection between the Garden of, of Eden and the Garden of Gethsemane and the fact that Adam and Eve, who were perfect at that time, chose a personal over the, the this, this God's choice. And you see Jesus here in complete agony. Because, you know, it, it, how do you deal with this? When you, when you look at, look at, describe that the scene around Gethsemane at that time. It wasn't like there was a party going on and everybody was like, hey, crucifixion tomorrow. Hey, how's it going? You ready for it? Right. It was his. In fact, they were all knocked out. Well, not, not the way we think about being knocked out today. They're sleeping, sleeping. They were sleeping, sleeping. sleeping. Okay, knocked yeah. out, sleeping, yeah. passed out. Yeah. yeah. Which I think makes it even interesting because Jesus knows what's about to happen, and Jesus is the only one that's really focused on that. And so I feel like I kind of picture Jesus in agony, and unfortunately, I picture him by himself. Right. Because it seems like he's the only one that gets it. So right. not only is he in a lot of agony, dealing with what's about to happen and, and facing that, mm -hmm. but he's all by himself. Yeah, and that's so messed up. But I think that it also, is. I mean, it is messed yeah. up. I mean, if you're going back to the Garden of Eden, at least Adam, even Eve had Adam. Adam had Eve. Here you got Jesus. With he has three. He takes the disciples. Then he takes three of the disciples and says, "Hey, stay here and pray for me." And he goes and says, "Okay, they're praying for me. I'm going to pray." goes back and no one but that's kind of what I think about too I think about at that moment when Eve was tempted she was alone and no, she, no 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 she wasn't well it seems as though she and Adam had separated from each other at they some weren't point. separated they're still married oh I'm, just, I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> go ahead so actually what I'm saying is is that at that moment for Eve she was making a decision at a moment being tempted alone Whereas we th we th we're thinking Jesus is with this group of disciples who he's asked to pray for him, but in fact he is also alone. And, and it shows the parallel of how he was able to make the right decision in that temptation versus what humans were able to do or what, what Eve was able to do on her own. So it's almost like he did it right this time. It, that's the whole parallel of, the, of the, his ability to be able to move through the, the temptation on his own with the help of God. She wasn't on her own. God was there. She didn't call. I don't know that she called on him Genesis, at that moment. Not to prove you wrong, but mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 3, verse... But. <laughs> yes, that but is important. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Mm -hmm. But the fact is there was no argument. There was no, there was no praying. There was no, Lord, what do I do here? It was, they were there, and they're like, let's check this out and see where it leads. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I mean... Ellen White talks about how the devil was right there at Gethsemane. He was ready to just pull, uh, you know, the pull thing, pull Jesus away. I mean, one of the one of the, I think one of the best depictions. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm endorsing the movie, but uh, the Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that part where the devil's nearby and you kind of see it, and then there's a snake that comes in, and Jesus' heel yeah. gets on that head and just smashes him like that. Depicts that's a better depiction. That, that's a depiction of this is where the devil's. Uh, control over earth ends mm -hmm. you know the fact that the, it was just so well graphically displayed not you know everything else was graphic too but that particular scene was excellent mm -hmm. that for me stands out is even when you're alone mm -hmm. you know you've got that strength in the agony of Gethsemane mm -hmm. but how does that work in your life today I mean what 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 parallels do you find 
I feel like the big thing is that Jesus was there praying and and he wanted his disciples to pray and I feel like that's him asking for the help of the people that are closest to him but which I don't think Eve had at that moment which Eve, yeah. Eve did not yeah but but I feel like what what Eve did has have was that she had the connection of God being literally right right there, there. yeah and I think prayer is a kind of our, our open gateway to God where we can go to God, let him know what our temptations are, and let him know what our struggles are mm -hmm. and ask for that help. And I feel like that was, that was one thing where you see Jesus just in agony praying and saying, you know what, I, I don't want this to happen, but I'm going to let your will be done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, that's the key. Just, well, I'll say, I think prayer, but then also, as I've said before, having that relationship with God so that you know that you can ask for help or you know you know God. Right. I, like, I like what you said, Phil, it's the idea of the relationship is what makes the prayer the opening. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can pray, but if you don't have a relationship, it's just words coming out. Right. But it's a development of that relationship. You know, uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I no, also, no. like, talking about relationships, going back to, like, just from a friendship standpoint, like the disciples not being there through the night and praying for Jesus and staying up, I, I kind of look at that in our own lives. How many times have our friends, have our family members have asked for us to be there and we've have, you know, gone to sleep at them, on them, like, you know, not necessarily literally, but like haven't been there for them when as friends. Most, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, not only in like spiritual sense, but also like in a friendship standpoint of view. Yeah, the, you know, the friends would say, yeah, I'll pray, pray for you, but I'm not going to be there. Mm -hmm. Or in the relationship is gone, it's just the words that come out. Yeah, or it's just, oh, I'll pray for yeah. you, and then you don't. So yeah. it's almost like even if you have people surrounding you, if that, if that group of people surrounding you are not actually supporting you in that moment of need, you know, they're sleeping on you. Yeah. yeah. Which in that story, we, we aren't Jesus. We want to be like the disciples that are following Jesus. And I think that's kind of a lesson to us because there are a lot of people that ask for that help. There are a lot of people that have said, you know, this is my prayer request and maybe we go and we pray with them at that moment. But then when it comes down to it later on, we just get tired. We, we don't really continue that, that ministry that we've been called to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like the recording, this recording today. Um, I'm not feeling great. I've got a cold, I've got a congestion, I've been coughing like I have a habit. Um, and so before coming on, last night I put on Facebook that, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not feeling well. And I had a bunch of friends that say, we will be praying for you, and this is what we're doing. We wish we could be there to help you be part of the show and everything else. And, you know, reading each one of those, I know that there's somebody there. That makes a difference. And the Absolutely. ones, you know, yeah. you, that you th you, you're hoping they're praying for you, but that just knowing that they're there. And I think, you know, Jesus might have gone forward, prayed, and then turned around and said, what's happening? I'm being left all alone. Mm -hmm. you're, um, this cup that Jesus talks about in, in Luke uh, 22, 42, he says, take this cup away. Uh, what is it? Suffering, the anguish. I think it's the, the burden. Yeah. The burden, the weight of, of what he had been called to do on his shoulders. Take this cup from me. It, 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 it's, it, I don't know that it's a bailout, but it's almost like take this burden from me. That was, the, that was the point at which he was tempted to kind of not necessarily give up, but kind of, you know, relieve me of this burden. That's what I feel like that cup was. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's not. So close to crucifixion using a nail. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Did that on purpose, actually. Yes, I'm sure you did. <laughs> so well, well done. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, 
No, but when you said it, it's not a bailout mm -hmm. because he... He had he, been through it. Yeah, he, yeah. he was still... The crucifixion was going to happen. Like, he's still going through it, but it's more of like when we know we have to do something and we don't want to, but we know it's the right thing to do, um, asking for that peace kind of, you know, like, God, I know I don't want to do this, but help me just go through this and just help me be okay with myself inside um, to be able to go through with it. Does that make sense? I don't know. You know, there's another movie that I don't endorse, but... <laughs> we just not endorsing, but we quote them like, right? Uh, but it basically tells the story of what it would have been like if Jesus didn't die. And Jesus is given the opportunity to come off the cross. He lives his life, and then he discovers that basically the world was never saved, and he wants to save it, but at that point, he had, he had missed his opportunity. Mm -hmm. And um, in the end, Jesus chooses that he wants to, to give his life for humanity. And I feel like that's it. Jesus never really wanted to give up. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the agony was Jesus saying, I don't want to do this, but I feel like the agony was just that separation from God or, you know, taking on the sin of humanity, which I would imagine would be a pretty hefty thing to take on. I mean, I even know my mistakes and my sins, and I don't want to relive them. So I feel like for, for Jesus to take on, you know, all of humanity's sins and save, that would be a really heavy burden to bear. Yeah, and Luke uh, twenty two forty two it says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So, so it's even, even in that moment where he is suffering in agony for whatever he's deciding this, this agony is supposed to be, he's also saying, not my will be done, but your will be done. So it's still, it's this, this idea that take this burden from me, but if that's not your will, move forward. And that, that right there is a, it's a conflicting statement. So I think that's where the agony is, is birthed in. The idea that there's this desire to have the relief from it, but still the desire to fulfill the will of the Father. The, the, uh, I've always believed that Jesus knew what his purpose in life was. Mm -hmm. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew all of this thing. Being human, it was the, I'm, this is going to happen. Will my sacrifice be everything it's supposed to be? Because this is the life I've led. At this point in time, the separation from God, because he knows he's going to be separated from God, is probably caused the agony. Well, mm -hmm. you know, and the separation from the people, because all the people that supported him all of a sudden disappeared, because Judas, he knows what Judas is going to have, what's going to happen, because Judas is on his way. All of that just adds to a lonely existence, mm -hmm. and sometimes we feel like that. We feel like we're all alone. But I love the fact that he goes, this is my cup of agony. Take it away. But you know what? That's what I want, but I'd rather have your, your will, will happen. Absolutely. And the moment he says that, an angel comes down and strengthens him. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Right there in verse 43 in, in Luke 22, it says, And the angels from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Mm -hmm. So his focus was not in so much on the, the, the cup, but the fact that he was willing to discover God's will. Mm -hmm. And then, boom, you've got that comfort. And I think that's such an important parallel to draw in our personal lives. Yeah, that's encouraging. Because every single opportunity that, that arises where we feel that point of agony where it's a burden that we, we need a relief from or if it's something that we know that we're called to do but not sure if we have the strength to do it. Where the moment we call on God and say, you know, forget about what it is I want. I'm stating it, but forget about what it is I want. If this is your will, you know. And that statement part is important yeah. in the discussion. It's not like you don't tell God that you're feeling pain. 
That's the you whole have, point you, of the conversation. You, you, the conversation is you you come yeah. clean and say this is my this is my struggle, this is my pain. Mm -hmm. This that statement's important. But I, again, when you look at verse 44 of the same mm -hmm. chapter in Luke 22, it says. He, he continued to be in anguish. He was sweating. Mm -hmm. He was sweating like drops of blood. Just because the angel was there and threatening him didn't mean that the, the, the pain went the away. Physical, the physical effects on, on humanity is still going to exist. But the strengthening was still part of it. The, the process is not immediate. We, we almost think that if you pray and the Holy Spirit descends, you're like speaking in tongues, mm -hmm. going, hey, we're all good now. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> Life can still continue to be full of anguish. Can you imagine if the angel had in strength ah, mm -hmm. that would be That's my existence most yeah. times yes so we don't we don't think about that we just think of how much pain we're in how much we're suffering and we don't realize if we've asked for God's help and we've asked him to be there he is there that change of focus is important yeah we just don't know where what would exactly this look like if it wasn't exactly. exactly but I like the point that it doesn't completely go away mm -hmm. and and that I find I find myself praying even when I'm flying I hate to fly but I, I pray for like a perfect flight and I pray for everything. You know, I feel like this is the, the important thing that God doesn't always take away the challenge or the struggle or the, the hurt, hurt and the pain, but God's always there with us and, and helping us through it. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's a reminder to not always ask for the easy, simple life or, you know, all the money in the world to make life easy or anything like that. Not that that would be a bad thing, but yes. But, 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 but living with the strength to get through yes. it. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we see Judas comes in. I'm not sure if Judas is all the bad guy we make him out to seem, but Judas does come in. He betrays Jesus, and then they take him to Pilate. Um, what What do you see for this encounter with Pilate? He was somebody who wasn't, he wasn't, he was Roman. He had this pantheon of gods he could choose from, but he recognizes Jesus. Uh, what do you get from that story? I think it's interesting that He's the person that's in charge. He's the person that can, can put sort of the thumb down on Jesus and, and declare this crucifixion. And I could be wrong, but I feel like he, he never finds any fault with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he kind of states that he doesn't see a problem, mm -hmm. but yet he's the person that does clarify or, or make the declaration that Jesus should be crucified. Peer well, pressure. I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like he recognized, I, I do believe that he recognized the significance of who this individual was perhaps not necessarily you know the son of god but 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 he's saying you know i find no fault with him i'm not going to make that decision i'm not going to be the person that puts this man you know to his death you guys decide and then the way that society worked he made the final call but, but whatever he did he was still he still made the decision i think yeah i, I don't know how he would have justified that in his consciousness but i feel like he made it a point to state what his personal position on it was, but in the society they lived in, that's but I think the that's the lesson because yeah. you know he may not have agreed with it, mm -hmm. but he still allowed it to happen, and he was in a position of authority to stop it. And I think the fact that he allowed it to happen, he could say, you know, I wash my hands of this. He could say, I don't agree, but mm -hmm. I'll let you do your thing. But yet he was the person that could either stop it or let it go. And because of peer pressure, and he let yeah, it go. Yeah, I said that jokingly, but that's exactly what it is. It's influence from. The people around him. It's one of the things that people yelling. It's one of the things I tell my daughters. Even if we, when you don't make a choice, you're still making a choice, mm -hmm. because we think that you know if we move with the flow and, and the majority is there and that we think the majority is right, mm -hmm. and we don't have to make a choice, you're still making a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So by saying you know what I didn't really say yes or no, you still are responsible for the connection you have for that decision. Absolutely. And he learned about that from his wife. 
after she comes back and lets him know that this this man truly was the son of God, you know? It's, um, I don't know, you know, it, it's just one of those things where this guy could have stood out. He could have, yeah. Like the centurion, for example. Yeah, exactly. The centurion says, hey, help me with my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And that story stands out as one mm -hmm. of my favorite stories of people who recognize the divinity of God or divinity of Jesus. Um, the, I love the strength that Jesus has in dealing with Pilate. You see, in, I mean, going back to Gethsemane, he was, he was troubled, he was, but when he comes in front and he has to stand up, there's all you see is strength. Mm -hmm. He's tied up, he's beaten, but he still has got the strength. And they ask him, are you this? And he goes, well, if that's what you say, well, well are you? He's got, he's got the strength that only comes from, from prayer, I guess. Mm -hmm. When you're looking at the, uh, the resurrection of Jesus, why was a body resurrection so important? I think because we're humans and we physically have to see things. Mm -hmm. So I think that in that point in time, and this is just my opinion, but I think that it's probably more real when they actually didn't see the body there, mm -hmm. when they you know, actually interacted with him, makes it more real. Uh, maybe more harder for us to believe it because we haven't seen it done now, but and it helps, yeah. it helps with the narrative of the prophecy that he, he, was, he would die and, and rise again. And if there was a body still laying there, how it, do you help really paint that picture of, of like, a risen Savior? If, 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 if all they heard was Jesus' voice going, I have been risen, they're like, oh, you're a vegetarian. You just had those mushrooms, yeah. didn't you? You know, like, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's, I heard the voice. What voice? Are they in your head again? Now they see him yeah. and they, they go, yeah, that's Jesus. This is real, yeah. What I love about this whole narrative, there's so many things that keep saying what I love, but the, the, studying this over again was the, the, the way the book ends of the story. The first person to hear that the Messiah is going to be born is a woman. Yeah. The oh, first person yes, to okay. hear the, re see the res resurrected Christ is our women. women. I'm the only one here. I have to The first to person to fall to sin. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, the, the idea here is it it isn't it's it's just the way that God does stuff. He does it in style. The women the women see it and they go back and they tell them, look, there's the resurrection. What did the what do the guys say? You sure? No. They go, I I almost I almost feel like at, at that moment they're. In the, in the way society was at that point, it's almost like, well, you know, what did she really see? Is it, sometimes these things get get painted as an emotional chapter twenty four verse eleven. Twenty four verse eleven. I like the part you go emotionally because mm -hmm. they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Mm -hmm. Oh, you women, nonsense. Uh, <laughs> a dismissive a dismissive thought is always. Projected onto what You're too emotional. the woman would have would have encountered, yeah. But then they go over there, they see him. I, but in the Christian existence that we we are all a part of, uh, crucifixion, resurrection, are they? Which one do should matters more, or should they matter more? No, I think they're. I don't know that they need to. Yeah. However, I will say, that said, um, I will say the resurrection is what makes it real. <laughs> I mean that. See, None this of is, them this are that's more the proof. I mean, both, both of them are equal in in in, in, in they qualify events, each other in event. Yeah. But I just in my Christian existence, I always say, 
we, and I say Christians in general here, which is a generalized statement, tend to spend more time at the cross and crucifixion like, oh, rather than the rejoicing of what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's it. I think the cross and the crucifixion is what needed to happen for salvation. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when Jesus rose, that's what proved that it was accomplished. Mm -hmm. And that's what proved that we have hope too. Because, you know, we will, hopefully everyone that, that wants it, or I won't say hopefully, but everyone that wants it will have that same resurrection. Mm -hmm. Similar resurrection. Not in the same way, but... Yeah, yeah but the, the, the joy, the joy of that event uh, somehow seems to be sucked from the telling of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a shame, I think, because that's, that's what we should all be looking forward to. That's what we should all be, I don't know. The resurrection is what makes the story make sense. You know, how do you have, for me, how do you have a, a savior that is dead? How do you have a savior that is not alive? How do you have someone coming back for you that doesn't or no longer exists? So the whole point of the resurrection is like you're saying, to me that holds a lot of weight and we should spend more time in that discussion and rejoicing in that moment because that's where our faith is built upon, the fact that he is coming back for us and we have a, a risen savior, a live, a live deity that's going to come you, and save us. You got two people trying to figure out what to <laughs> like, say. So. Okay, you can oh, go oh, next. Oh. I'm not, sorry. <laughs> I'm not justifying that um, that we should concentrate more on the crucifixion. But I think that again, as humans, we relate more to that pain. Um, not saying that we've been crucified like that, but I mean, I feel like we can, we see God as a more, Jesus, sorry, on earth, as a more real, like he endured that pain, he went through that pain, and so that's probably why we talk about it more mm -hmm. because we can relate to it that's more. That's what we know. But there are other people who don't know resurrection. I mean, if you have someone that's crucified, they're just a criminal of the government. But I think what she's saying is like, you know, in, 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 in the, I, the concept of crucifixion and death, we know what it is to reach the point of death from but, experiences, but not necessarily but, the resurrection part. But, so we kind of, <laughs> we kind of get stuck right, no, in that no, part no. of it. But you know, here's, here's the thing, I, I think, I think <laughs> oh, you got the hit, did you? Um, the, the idea that we, I think the human condition, we gravitate towards negative. That's why news makes as much money as they do is because we gravitate towards news that just, oh, there's, there's turmoil here, there's shooting here, there's beheading here, whatever. Then we, we watch to find out what happens next. And I think as Christians, we tend to gravitate towards a crucifixion because there's that that drama there that we forget that there is a joy I mean even in Christ's life he partied with people he had fun he ate good food he was not I'm going to die he enjoyed friends Absolutely. we don't bring that out as much as saying oh I you know I, and again generalized statement the resurrection for me personally I see as something that stands out because not even that long from the resurre resurrection you had the road to Emmaus and the people didn't recognize him they're still talking about the crucifixion mm -hmm that he has to come down and says, like, what are you talking about? Oh, well, this guy died, and we really believed in him, and he was so great, but he died. He goes, yeah, I'm right next to you. That's me. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. <laughs> well, not you, but you know. Yeah. The, the crucifixion and the resurrection, which one stands out and why? In five seconds, 10 seconds. Wait, for say you. that again, Crucifixion and re resurrection, which one stands out for you and why? I'm gonna be honest, the crucifixion, because it's, like I said, it's something that I, you know, I thank God for the fact that he suffered that and went through that. And so that's more than five seconds. Okay. <laughs> I would have to say the crucifixion too, just because that's where everything got accomplished. 
For me, it's the resurrection because that's where my faith and hope is reliant upon. I love the fact that Christ died for me, but I enjoy the fact that he's living. And that's the joy I want people to know is there, there is a living God. Thank you three for helping us out this uh, last on this series on Luke. And hopefully we'll see most of you next time. You will be in the control room. If you would like to contact us, please visit us on our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Falvo Fowler. Fowler.